Hi everyone and welcome back to Talking Points where today we are covering the Canadian Grand Prix. I am of course joined by Aldas and Hayden and really quick, big congratulations to Tomo. He is out currently out there with Hannah and literally tomorrow they're getting married. So make sure to leave all your lovely messages in the comments below but really happy for them. And he managed to get to see the, the race live which uh, I think we should go through real quick, actually giving our ratings out of 10, what we think of the race. So Hayden, I'm going to throw over to you. What do you think about the race in a quick rating out of 10? It was a two. <laughs> but then you add six onto that and it was an eight because it was actually a really good one. I really enjoyed it. I, I thought um, the new cars have done Canada justice again and I think it's a good track to go to again. Nice, nice. And now that's what do you think? First of all, I'd, I'd just like to point out that I'm 99% sure Tomo actually went to Canada for the Grand Prix and then decided just to get married like on the side, like, yeah, let's just chuck that in as well. But I actually thought, I actually missed the race on Sunday because uh, I was away, but I did manage to catch it this morning. I mean, I thought it was actually all right. Behavior yeah, exactly. I was slacking, mate. I was actually racing How at the time. Dare How dare you Fake miss fan. the I race I was racing line. at the time. I, also, I, was, I was also in a Grand Prix, but... Uh, yeah, I actually thought... I was watching Harry Styles. Well, I think we know which one had the better day, not going to lie. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was <laughs> Me, all right. clearly. I I'm saying like 7 out of 10, I think, for for Canada to tight tracks. You know, obviously with these, the cars are still wide, so the racing is always going to be difficult. But along with qualifying kind of the weekend as a whole, I thought it was a 7 out of 10. So I'm, pr and al I'm also really happy to see Canada back because it is my favorite track. And I think it delivered. Yeah, I think also your comparison between the two uh, Grand Prix. I think yours is go-karting and then you've got an actual Grand Prix. So I think there's some differences there. But uh, yeah, you did touch on qualifying. Oh yeah, sorry, real quick. Mine is also 7 out of 10 as well. Um, I agree with Hayden. I think the cars were able to follow a lot closer. Um, we did definitely see loads more overtaking. But I think that's also down due to qualifying, which I think we should touch on straight away. What a lovely session that was, you know, it wasn't like proper full wet that we saw in Monaco, but the rain was still there and it was slowly drying up. And then you see the mixture of the grid. And I think my favorite thing is like you're seeing like Fernando Alonso up there in P2. Obviously, it was due to partly of a drying track. But Hayden, what did you think of qualifying? A lot of fun. I think it's always fun when we go to uh, a track and have a, a wet session because we always know that it is going to throw up a, a surprise. And you know, it, it did. I think um, in, in recent years when it's been a work qualifying, I think you have a bigger surprise as, you know, like one of the back markers getting into Q3 or something like that. But we had Fernando Alonso sticking it on the front row of the grid, which is uh, great to see, I think, for anyone watching. Um, and, and a few little surprises as well with Sergio Perez, unfortunately, getting caught out uh, in Q2 as well. So uh, interesting qualifying. Um, and yeah, it sets up for, for a really good race as well. I mean, qualifying was the highlight. Let's be honest. Fernando Alonso, P2. What a lap, mate. Oh, that, that, to me, the weekend peaked at that point. Like, that was just brilliant. <laughs> they might as well have just like cancelled off the race and made that the final result. But yeah, it's always fun to see, uh, to see a wet quali. And I mean, it was... I saw some videos. I think it was on Thursday or Friday. It was properly like flooding in Montreal. So it was nuts. But oh, mate, yeah. yeah, it was... We also had a bit of a mixed up weekend where Charles Leclerc had an engine penalty as well. So that was going to kind of you know, obviously put him out of position as well. But yeah, it was quite funny because again, like all of the attention was on Fernando Alonso, which I was loving, but Max Verstappen pulled out an absolute masterclass, by the way, in terms of like, I think he got pulled by like six tenths or something. So just ridiculous gap to the rest of the field. He always had it in hand, especially in qualifying. I think he left something on the table a little bit in FP3 because I think we had like uh, Vettel and uh, Alonso uh, in one and two. But yeah, it was kind of strange, like all of the attention on Fernando, but then, you know, Max got the job done and ultimately... I think, yeah, it's 
it, it's between him and Leclerc, obviously, this championship, but he is just he's just so amazing in every single condition. He's undoubtedly one of the best wet weather drivers. And just the pace he had in general over everyone else was yeah, it was nuts. And you've got to say a little bit of a missed opportunity by, you know, Carlos Sainz a little bit. I'm sure he's gonna be frustrated with that, but yeah, quality was just amazing. Yeah, and I think also another standout moment as well is for Haas. You know, Haas having uh, their best qualifying so far. I think this year, well, not just this season, but for quite a while, you know, getting fifth and sixth, a great sort of effort from them. Also, I did quite like it with uh, Alonso. You know, he didn't go straight out in, in uh, Q3. He was waiting back and sort of saving his tyres a little bit. So then it had to pr pretty much, when he had that one lap opportunity, then he just goes straight forward. But then it did give us this really randomized grid you know you had Charlotte pretty much starting from the back uh, I think he started more 19th because you're after uh, sort of having some retirements as well but let's now get on to the main race and I think everyone I was kind of I don't know I was kind of expecting that we were going to get a bit of like a pile up towards turn one because I think <laughs> the guys have been pretty good up until now you know keeping it fairly clean I was like okay by now something's going to happen but we the only small bit of contact we did see was between uh, I believe it was Magnussen and Hamilton where Hamilton was having to defend uh, going into the chicane and there was a little tap there on the front wing and that sort of uh, brought him in which I think let's go on to it real quick of the bad luck uh, you know has had with this race you know Magnussen was in a really good position and then unfortunately had to box uh, because of a black and orange flag but I don't know Hayden what do you think because I, I, I saw the damage and I thought it, was, it wasn't flickering off so I thought actually they could have been able to stay out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not a steward at the end of the day, so I don't know whether it's you know correct to say <laughs> say you know whether it should have come in the, in the pits or not. But for me, it wasn't like massive. It wasn't like yeah, like you say, it was going to fling off and fly off into somebody. But I suppose it presents a danger at the same time. Um, and I know Ocon was quite heavy on the radio because other teams are going to be they're going to be like oh, I the love pits, that. So I can yeah. get the free pit stops. You know, it's just it's just the gamesmanship at the end of the day, which is which is great to see. Uh, in terms of like driver's personality, but obviously we don't want to see it because I think it did really ruin Magnussen's race. And even for Schumacher, shout out to Schumacher. We've been very critical uh, on yes. Schumacher in recent episodes, but he delivered in qualifying. Wasn't as quick as his teammate, but at the end of the day, that's not that's not what I'm looking for Schumacher at the moment. I just want him to start to get into the points, get that Haas where it should be. If he's not as quick as Magnussen, but he's the one place behind him in qualifying, that's a good Perfect. job. That's a good job. Um, and we weren't able to see, because of the technical issue that he had, uh, what he could have done. So bad luck for both of the Haas drivers, unfortunately. But yeah, in terms of the front wing, he could have let it slide, I suppose, and just got on with it. And it would be interesting to see what would have happened to Magnussen's race after that. But it's just one of those unfortunate things. Maybe I'm a little bit harsh on, on K-Mag, but I feel like lap one, I think it's turn three because of like the turn one and two complex. I think it was turn three where Lewis had the inside line in that kind of right left. You're never going to go too wide in that corner. That is not a too wide corner, especially on lap one. Lewis had the line. Why did K-Mag kind of stick it in there? That could have very easily also been a puncture for Lewis as well. So yes, yeah. it's unlucky, no doubt about it. And I do think that the damage was kind of very minor, although it was kind of like leaning more and more as the laps were going on. And could you imagine another driver trying to get someone else, you know, a black and orange flag? I mean, yeah, it never happened in Formula One, but... Yeah, I just feel like K-Mag, I'm not sure he needed to make that. I understand that it's bad luck to kind of get the black and orange flag. Maybe it was a little bit tough, but I don't think he, especially with how Haas and their season is going, locking out the third row with his teammate, I just feel like he didn't need to make that move. Do you know what I mean? Like he still could have been in the point. It still could have been a really good weekend. 
and talk about, I mean, from the highs of, again, locking out the third row to basically, I mean, where did K-Mag finish? Like 17th or 16th or something to, it was basically yeah. a double DNF, if we're being honest. Like, it was not a great weekend. So how quickly things can turn for Haas. But yeah, again, maybe I'm harsh, but I don't think K-Mag needs to make that move. And again, it's Lewis as well. What is it with K-Mag and Lewis? You know what I mean? Like, there's a bit of a rivalry. <laughs> yeah. We're getting a bit of a massa <laughs> Hamilton 2011 vibes over here. So... Yeah, when you see Lewis next time, yeah. K-Mag, just, just back out. Just back out. It's not going well for you, mate. <laughs> well, I think it's, yeah, I think he had a pretty much a, a poor exit coming out. As you said, like the first, the second corner sort of complex. I think Hamilton just did a, had a really rubbish uh, sort of exit out of, out of two. And if he's already on the inside, obviously K-Mag's not wanting to like just stay behind him because then he'll, he could be even more compromised. So I think just even going to the outside, even though you haven't got like, you, you know, you're not going to make the pass, like even then... He could have done a he could have done Alonso and just gone straight over and uh, or even done a Vettel. Oh, what does that mean? Prior, prior what do you mean done an Alonso? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, like like skipping all the corners on turn turn one. No, nah, so. never Fernando. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but now let's uh, Hayden did just touch on it there, but let's now go on to uh, Perez and Mix, both sort of engine slash you know sort of I think it wasn't necessarily a full on engine issue, but both retiring basically at the exact same point on the track. Um, really we keep talking about this it's reliability issues we're, we're starting to see crop up now and like you know with Charles Leclerc he's having to have more penalty points uh, not penalty points excuse me uh, uh, just penalties within the race having to get new power units in but now we're starting to see this a bit more with Red Bull and now with Haas so like it's a bit of a weird one but both of them were just virtual safety cars but in my eyes in my eyes I kind of thinking it should have been a full safety car because marshals were having to come onto the track and it was quite a high speed corner um, yeah. but Hayden what did you think about the about both of them? I mean, I agree. I feel like a safety car would have been because it was kind of at the end of a... It's got a DRS zone there. Obviously, DRS would have been deactivated whilst that would have been out. But it's an overtaking opportunity that they think is an overtaking opportunity, hence why they put a DRS zone there. So, yeah, and Marshall's at the end of that. I think it could should have been a safety car. As well, I think, you know, maybe we've got a different mindset on it because we watch this sport from an entertainment basis. So a safety car would have made it more entertaining at the end of the day. Virtual safety cars just kind of... You know, they, they nullify the race. They make, you know, nothing happen. You can you can get a free pit stop maybe, but that's about it. Whereas a safety car bunches them all back up and then, you know, it's close racing once again. So maybe that's why, personally, I would have liked to have seen a safety car. Uh, but yeah, it was just a weird situation. Unfortunately for Perez, he was actually doing a really good job. And I, yeah. I, I honestly think he could have bagged P3 because they had the car there to get up through the field. It's very much like the recent seasons we've seen when Mercedes and Red Bull would have like penalties, they go to the back, but we know by the end of the race, they're going to get back into that stage because there's such a big difference between the front runners and the midfield guys. So I feel like Perez could have very easily got back into that third position, uh, especially as he got through the field quite quickly in those early stages, unfortunately retiring on lap seven. Schumacher's one was very strange watching at the time because he'd literally mm. just been overtaken by Joe. And I thought that he had done it. I thought he crashed again. Yeah, yeah. I thought somehow he'd he'd gone deep, messed up somehow in that runoff area and gone into the wall. And I was just like, how have you done that? And then thankfully it cut to the cameras and it was just it was a technical issue. So obviously all blame yeah. taken off of him and um ruined what 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 was such a great race weekend for him. Um but yeah, uh just unfortunate for both those guys. Technical issues, you know, we're getting to that sort of stage of the season where how many races in are we now? Seven, nine, eight, something like nine that. Nine races. So nine. nine, even more. Um so you know, these engines have been been running for a while and, and Canada I feel like is an engine uh wearing track. It's a high speed. There's a lot of long, flat out areas. So gonna mm. definitely take the wear on the engine. I definitely think Yeah, in one place Yeah. 
Sorry, FC. I was going to say, I definitely think it was very sketchy, actually, when... Um, I think it was especially when Perez uh, kind of retired, or maybe it was Mick, and the marshals actually got onto the track. I was like, I don't know, that's very sketchy under VSC, because, again, like, you never know what... Have you got to think of the worst. Like, is there going to be a brake failure? That is right at the end of that straight. So when I did see the marshals yep. there, I was like, oh, that's a bit, you know... And I think they actually got pulled back a little bit over their radios, because they kind of came out and then came back, yeah. um, you know, went behind the safety barriers, but... In a weird way, it kind of gave us an interesting race, both of these DNFs, because I think, obviously, the, the virtual safety cars came out. It gave the teams kind of that strategical kind of choice in terms of what to do pit early, but then maybe run a little bit longer. I think it did turn... I think the fact that the track um, was kind of washed uh, washed away a little bit because of qualifying, and there wasn't as much rubber, I think it kind of turned it into a two-stop, which I think, again, kind of made it a little bit more tricky for the teams in terms of, like, I think Seb wanted to make the one-stop work. I think he pitted super early on, like, yeah. lap nine or something. Yeah, but... he pitted pe uh, pe on lap six, I think, even earlier. Uh, wow. Seb, yeah. was on, Seb was on lap 20. Oh, yeah, lap 20. Yeah, that sounds, that, that sounds right, I think. Car. Yeah, because he would have wanted to make uh, it about okay. 50 laps or so on the second tyres, but... Yeah, in a weird way, it kind of gave us an interesting race in terms of, obviously, a change at the front as well. Max wasn't too sure if, you know, pitting him uh, behind signs was the right idea, but obviously it can't, you know, kind of worked out in the end. So, unfortunate for both Mick Schumacher and Sergio Perez. Again, we talk about these reliability issues, but they're happening early, which I think has been kind of strange in 2022. Don't get me wrong, you know, we expect this sort of thing in the back end of the season when they're properly, like, running on, you know, some of the uh, auxiliary uh, engines or maybe even, like, their fourth or fifth engine if they need to, but all of these reliability issues are happening super early and they're not, you know, we haven't seen the back end of these at all. We're not even halfway through the season and you already have the likes of Leclerc, I'm sure Perez very, very soon on their potentially fourth power unit, so... Yeah, reliability, I think, is going to be absolutely massive. But at the same time, kind of gives opportunity to maybe uh, catch up, uh, especially for drivers like, you know, Leclerc with how far behind he is in the uh, in the championship. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing as well with the actual track, it's actually quite abrasive. Um, I was watching Ted's notebook earlier and how he was talking about the actual track uh, cement design um, is actually quite old school and it's really abrasive. And um, I'm actually just looking over the pit stop summary at the moment. And Vettel was the first person to pit on lap five because I mean, he went over. Uh, yes, he did, and yeah. Because uh, he was you know, complaining, yeah, yeah, because he yes. originally was on the mediums. And I think basically, like, yeah. everyone's treating the, the mediums now as almost like the new soft tire. And now the mm -hmm. hard tire is very much the more reliable medium compound. Um, I mean, we've seen that in previous races where, like, drivers are really struggling on the mediums, but they are way more comfortable and have even more pace on the hards. Um, but it's, yeah, really interesting to sort of see, like, everyone trying to get, uh, having more graining issues with the mediums. But... As you mentioned, some people were gambling for a full uh, sort of safety car, virtual safety car. Then this is the sort of the next sort of proper point I want to go across is the teams seem to really struggle at the moment with this race with the pit stops. Like we saw some teams like normally we're looking around about two to three seconds, but we're looking more like five to six seconds. And even with McLaren trying to do a double stack and really embarrassing, like absolutely. And like... It's, and this wasn't just on one team, you know, we had the issue with like Ferrari where uh, they had to re-jack up the rear again. But Hayden, from your perspective, like, what do you think the teams are doing wrong here? Because it just, from the outset, it actually just looks like they just, they just need to practice more. But it, clearly they're doing so much that that shouldn't be the issue. Yeah, it's a big change because the tyres are a lot bigger uh, this year around. So it's a big change to get used to and the... And the hubcaps obviously a lot different compared to last year as well. So that's something that the teams need to get used to too. And I think obviously because every single team is trying to push these pit stops to be as 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 small and as the, the time as small as it possibly can be and as quick as it can. 
Whereas I think teams like Mercedes, for example, they don't I've never really seen Mercedes always be at the top of the quickest pit stops because they never really go for that. It was always used to be like Red Bull, Williams, for example, always just like, we've got the quickest pit stop, guys. We're amazing at pit stops. And now a few of those teams, that's where the mistakes are starting to come in because I think they're trying to push it too quickly. Whereas Mercedes are just like, let's just be efficient. Typical Germans, you know, just be as efficient as you possibly can with it and you just get the job done. And it works for them because that, it does. Uh, they, they get the job done I mean, with the pit stop. I, like, I think say... every single one was around the three second mark, but they never really have slow pit stops because they are efficient with their pit stops and it works. But they're, they're not all German. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> like typical yeah, Germans, except for the fact that the most Mercedes people are British mindset, in that team. You know, it's that Mercedes mindset. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, I also think that part of it, especially on the Ferrari side, I mean, Leclerc, he got absolutely done by the Ferrari pit stop because there was like, yeah. he was behind Ocon for most of the race, probably absolutely fuming at the fact that he's probably reading the words Alpine on the back of his car about a million times. <laughs> and then they just found a gap to potentially get him get him ahead of the likes of Sonoda, Ricardo, that kind of little gaggle of cars. Stroll, that little DRS exactly, string. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then I think it was like a five second pit stop or maybe it was yeah two two or three seconds yeah. slower. And he comes out like right in the middle of that gaggle. I mean, that must have been absolutely mm. horrible. But I do also think that with the likes of Ferrari, it's just the fact that they're in a, in a championship fight. We're scrutinizing their pit stops even more. They're a little bit more trickier, obviously, with the bigger and heavier tires. And ultimately, they're getting found out because of it. And even when you look at the midfield, there's definitely something in, in the fact that the tires are bigger. And maybe that's why we're seeing not just longer pit stops, but also a few more mistakes as well. I mean... McLaren take the cake. Oh my God. What happened with that Norris? So stop? embarrassing. Just, yeah. I mean, they had like the, the wrong set of tires. Then I think they changed their mind. I mean, ultimately Lando wasn't really fighting for anything because I think he was hampered by a really old engine anyway, but that could have been a, you know, if that is a point opportunity, if that's, if you're fighting for a podium and you need that to go right with both of your cars. Yeah, they absolutely bottled it. But again, that's just, you know, you got to get it right. And some teams did and ultimately some teams didn't. But yeah, McLaren definitely take uh, the big L this weekend in terms of their pit crew. Yeah, and like you mentioned before with like Charles Leclerc, you know, having that slight issue, which would have like an extra two seconds meant he would have been in front of that DRS train or at least coming out side by side against Stroll. Um, almost the same position that we saw, you know, when um, I think it was Lewis Hamilton uh, coming out towards near Max Verstappen a little bit later on in the race. But also the same with like Ricardo, where his pit stop time, I think it was about 6.5 seconds, I think it was, because for some reason they just couldn't get the car jacked up in time. And then he had the same situation. He's then he was almost at the back of that DRS train, and then after having those couple of seconds, losing the toe, and then he's kind of then stuck then back in twelfth. And yeah, just for Norris, I kind of feel like Norris went on to uh, uh, was originally I think it went started on the mediums or even started on R, but he went on to the mediums, and I don't think that was the tire choice they wanted but because hey, they weren't ready they just kind of grabbed whatever was nearest to them was the wrong set and then had to go swap over again i feel like it's um, very weird one thing they I grabbed want... the one tire hmm. that was they only grabbed the one and put on the front left it looked like i mean I, I've, I've only seen the onboards do you reckon they just like somehow picked up ricardo's tires that he'd just been on just be like pop those on like that we did could have could have potentially seen like a another recap of mercedes like had with tires um, there yeah, no, it kind of it did give me proper Russell, uh, you know, Russell's mm. first um, at Sakia uh, sort of vibes with Mercedes of just not having the right tyres, but then putting on the wrong tyres and then trying of like figuring out. Because I think, yeah, he came in, his front right just wasn't there. And then yeah. everyone's kind of looking like, well, where is it? But obviously <laughs> it was quite a last last minute call with the, with the safety car. But one thing Aldas, I wanted to quickly mention, um, get your thoughts on, is that Alonso's strategy... Like staying out on the mediums for like 29 laps. I'm, I'm not too sure really what, 
Alpine were trying to do there. I think they were hoping for a safety car, but a lot earlier. But what? Yeah, what's your thoughts on it, mate? They bottled it. Uh, terrible <laughs> strategy. I don't. I, I honestly, again, I was no watching Alpine. the race this morning. Like, I was watching it again, and I don't quite understand what was going on because. Uh, he definitely had power unit issues. I mean, there was definitely clipping by the end of the straight and he wasn't able to kind of like deploy all of that electrical energy by the end of the straight. But even at the beginning of the race where he did have the pace, I mean, he was fighting with Lewis. There's no doubt about that. He was fighting for mm. the podium. You know, maybe Lewis just had the pace. The, the Mercedes definitely kind of came into its own in the race. But I feel like Alpine were always a step behind. And I was watching the gap between kind of uh, Fernando and Ocon and Ocon did a great job. Like they got the strategy right on his side, but yeah. they didn't pit at the right time. They kind of went for a kind of in-between strategy where they didn't pit him early. They didn't pit him when they could have under the uh, virtual safety car, but they also didn't wait long enough for the last safety car because they didn't know where, where when it was going to be. So they kind of just pitted him when his tires were off. And by then they were kind of behind the ball at that point. And when he came out behind Ocon, I mean, it's a weird one because for the team, they kind of did the right thing in terms of like, that's the right result. And they kind of maximized, I suppose, what they could have had. But I do feel like they dropped the ball a little yeah. bit. Like, I do think that they should have covered Lewis a lot earlier or potentially just copied, you know, his strategy because they did actually, they, they did eventually get jumped by Russell as well. So it just feels like Alpine yeah. were kind of just hanging on to track position more than anything else. They were kind of reactive more than anything else. They were kind of, you know, we're, we're in a good place. Fernando, even though he hasn't pitted yet, he is in a good place. Potentially there's going to be another virtual safety car or something. But when they did get the virtual safety car early, they didn't go for it then and there. So... Yeah, they lost out in the end, and again, the clipping issue, kind of the engine issue at the end, kind of really, yeah, it it wasn't quite the race that I think Fernando wanted. I mean, especially after qualifying, I was seeing all of the graphics, like, the last time Fernando Alonso was on the front row was Germany 2012, and he went on to win the race, and I was like, oh boy, not this, like, you don't have to do him like that, yeah. but it wasn't a great race, and I feel like Alpine, again, they were just, I think they dropped the ball just a little bit, but I feel like, yeah, it's a good result for the team, I mean, in the end, but they need to look at kind of their strategy uh, looking back. Yeah, and I think like most of us were expecting the Alpines to basically kind of do what they did in Baku and in Monaco, where we now know like their straight line speed is one of the quickest cars there, but they just really struggle in the mid to slow speed corners. So I think we we're all kind of expecting, you know, both Ocon and Alonso to basically hold up everyone on the main on the main DRS straights. Ocon did, did to be, yeah. Ocon to Leclerc. But, just talk yeah, to Leclerc about that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Where like just going into the last corner, he did get his elbows out, but then obviously getting the getting the uh, sort of the push out the um, sort of the start finish straight will have an issue. But then we jump across to lap forty nine, where lovely Yuki Snurda comes out after boxing, going onto hards, and then just goes straight on. I mean, Bozo Hayden, moment. like, like I, 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 yeah, I was, I didn't re initially realize he just came out of the pits until I saw the on board. But mate, what do you think of it? <laughs> It's such a shame because he was absolutely flying at that point. It was so like, good. He 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 done a cracking job on the hards to take them as long as you know the same distance as Lance, both on the same sort of strategy, go as long as they possibly can, and then go back to the mediums and then push on those tires and try and see what can happen. Um, and he went from last on the grid to like P eleven, I think it was at that point. Like he was in yeah. a really good position. Comes into the pits and I I don't. I, it was just such a strange incident. I think I think mainly it was down to cold tires. You know, we're seeing it a lot Must with these, these this new regulation because they don't have the tire blankets, so the the tires are a lot colder uh, than they were in previous seasons. So you're coming out and you've got to be careful. We saw it when um, Max and Lewis went side by side. You know, in that scenario this season, you would expect Max to go right around the outside and just drive past Lewis, but because he's on the cold tires, he can't do that. He has to get those tires up to temperature, and Lewis is going to get the better of him. And because Yuki, I think just maybe you know turn a bit too much or just carried a bit too much speed 
it just didn't turn in. It, it just looked like he was driving in the wet on dries. It was very, mm. very strange incident um, and just really unfortunate for it to happen um, and just kind of ruins ruins what was such a good race. I'm kind of conflicted on it, to be honest, because on one hand, for sure, it was his mistake, no doubt about it. You can see visually, I think Ricardo was the driver who pitted just in front of him. And even visually from that kind of like really uh, above shot on the crane, you can see the speed difference for sure. Yuki just went in a little bit too hot, no doubt about it locked up and again cold tires there was nothing he could do after that and you could see the speed difference in terms of how how uh, you know how much slower ricardo was going into turn one but there was also a bit actually there was a, there was a moment after the race in the cool down room where both carlos Sainz and also max verstappen actually were talking about it in terms of like apparently there's like a little bump there and apparently like the grip is really bad out there and they kind of oh you know i think they said something like oh yeah i can't believe it got caught out or something like that so there was something about that pit exit that was a little bit tricky again because of the wet qualifying that means there wasn't as much rubber that was laid down most of it was washed away so you've got to take that into account i understand all those factors even though that even though there was a bit of a bump and apparently science almost got caught out by it but yeah it was not good from yuki let's just yeah let's forget about this one because 2022 has been such a like it's been nothing but good you know a few bad races there and there he's definitely improved a lot this is a yuki 2021 moment you know between bahrain and abu dhabi like somewhere there but yeah the quicker <laughs> we move on from this one the better because even when you look back again the pace was really good he started last because of the engine penalty he was the guy uh, behind leclerc but you know leclerc set a quicker time in quali uh just to finish just to qualify 19th but again it was still a good race the pace was very good so yeah you want to take the positives uh, away from the weekend but yeah that was an l that was a bozo moment by yuki Sonoda. let's move on never talk about it again yuki all the way mate <laughs> Yeah, and I think like it could have even been a thing of where you know there was obviously I think there was cars uh, just going around that first and second corner, and it could have just been a quick thing of like right, I want to try and get ahead and sort of being a bit being a bit hot headed with it basically rather than being a bit more tentative. But um, but then we come on to the closing stages of that after the safety car comes out, Sites was in a great position to jump straight into the pits, go onto a brand new uh, fresh set of tires. And then it's basically a showdown of who's going to win it. Is it going to be Verstappen with older tyres or Sainz with new hard tyres? And in the last few laps, like every now and then we were thinking, oh, he's in within six tenths. Oh, he's in within six tenths. But it didn't, it didn't get any more than that. And um, I want to get your thoughts on this about if you... Because I feel like uh, at the beginning of the season, like I was overly harsh on Sainz because, you know, he kept going into the gravel trap. It became sort of like a bit of a running joke. And this was the one where he did need to really sort of show his sort of his drivability. But part of me still feels like if it was Leclerc in that position rather than science, I kind of feel like Leclerc would have would have got it. I don't know what you think, Hayden, but I feel like if it was the swapped around, I think Leclerc would have got it. But I don't know. What yeah. do you think? I think the Red Bull was just too quick this weekend. I think the Red Bull was the much better car okay. uh, completely this weekend. Uh, Verstappen's pace in qualifying. Like, don't get me wrong, like, not to take anything away from Verstappen. He was unreal this weekend as well. Mm -hmm. And I think he just had it covered. Oh, yeah, totally, he knew yeah. the exact gap that he needed every single time to science down that straight to make sure that science didn't have a chance to go side by side. And I think he was just managing that perfectly he allowed science to get just within maybe about six tenths of a second but knew that he was never going to get a chance to go wheel to wheel with him down at the end of that straight so perfectly managed by max verstappen and i think even if leclerc was in that same scenario it would have been exactly the same because i just feel like the red bull was just a lot quicker it, it's a weird scenario hearing that red bull is a quicker car yeah very weird straight line speed yeah uh, but that's just what we're getting used to in this new era of formula one that red bull are very very quick in a straight line 
and they've just got the they've just got the upper hand in those situations. I mean, when it comes to Leclerc, I think we all know he he either would have overtook him or binned it into the wall of champions. I mean, that's just Charles Leclerc, you know? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, I think Charles actually, I'll, I'll slightly disagree. I think the Ferrari definitely had the pace this weekend to win it. I don't, I, there's no doubt in my mind that I think if Leclerc was put in that position in terms of qualifying in the rain, potentially in the race as well, alongside Max Verstappen on that front row, I think Leclerc, you know, science, he's still building confidence. He's kind of getting into the season, picking up these second places. It's good for him, but Leclerc's on, on another planet at the moment compared to science. And I feel like that car was quick enough. What really, and ultimately we're never going to know, obviously, Leclerc wasn't there, so, you know, Silverstone will be his chance to bounce back, but ultimately what really did it for Max and why I don't think he was ever worried is that, especially off the hairpin in slow speed corners, the Ferrari just did not mm. have the traction. We saw it with uh, Charles when he was chasing Esteban Ocon. Yes, he was on older tyres, but even then he was complaining about, you know, not getting the kind of the, uh, that initial grunt, especially off, uh, off the hairpin. And we also saw, and we also saw it with Carlos Sainz a little bit as well. He just was never close enough. And also, uh, I think it was Max, right after the race, he was saying it to Carlos as well. He had the deployment game, kind of, he knew exactly what he was doing in terms of, like, he was deploying his energy at the right time. Carlos could only attack really two or three laps, you know, once in uh, two or three laps because he was harvesting a lot of the time. And Max always knew when to deploy the energy. He always knew that Carlos was never really going to dive down the inside. So I think Max had it covered. But in the in a weird way, I think it's good for both drivers. Max did not crumble under the pressure. And at least Carlos Sainz was able to keep up with Max because we've seen a lot of races this season. He's been getting left, especially by his teammate and Max. So in a weird way, I think it's a positive for both drivers. But I do, uh, I'd love to see what would have happened if it uh, was Leclerc alongside Max on that front row and potentially fighting for the win. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like on the last few laps, we even we saw Science, you know, just trying a little bit harder than he should have. I think like, I think it's on the second to last corner. I think he just outbreaks himself because then Max was able to like get out basically of the IRS zone. But both of them were pulling away from like Ham Hamilton behind. I think there was like a seven or eight second gap from them behind. So they were pushing way, way more forward than that. But as you said, yeah, Max Verstappen crossed the line. He won in uh, Canada. But just before we go on to the head-to-heads, there was something post-race which I don't want to shit on because I know Alice is a favorite driver. Uh, but should we just skip it? Alonso, <laughs> skip it. <laughs> Alonso getting demoted from P7 to P9 for weaving in front of Valtteri Bottas. Now I don't know if you guys have seen the onboard, Fixed. but when I watched when I watched uh, Alonso's onboard, I was like, oh, that's not too bad. But then when I watched Bottas's one, that is. A bit, that's <laughs> very much like, yeah, no, that's slam dunk. But I, uh, I don't know, Adas, have you seen, have you seen the onboard yet, or are you just uh, not, not even believing it's out there? <laughs> yes, that is. On, I have seen the onboard. It is the equivalent of getting caught with a gun in your hand over a dead body. I mean, let's be honest. Like, I mean, he's weaving one way and the other. Like, it's you know, again, he's got that clipping. It's the final lap as well. I think Bottas had a great run on him. And uh, yeah, but he was absolutely just, you know, bang to right. So Fernando definitely deserved the penalty, uh, no doubt. I don't think it was, I, I really wish I would have uh, would have been able to hear kind of his excuse and like his, you know, his rebuttal in the FIA room. Like, tell me, Fernando, tell me why this is legit, Fernando. But it does take the shine a little bit of what I think was still actually a really good race by him. You know, kind of strategy wasn't really on his side. And obviously, you know, the, the whole engine issue isn't great. But, you know, that kind of takes the shine a little bit. But... Yeah, not not. I'm not gonna. I don't have an argument. I don't have an argument. Just like Fernando, I'm I'm I'm, I'm bang to rights. <laughs> it reminds me of Hayden when we go go karting. Uh, it's not letting anyone Ooh. pass. But that's karting, not not racing. So uh, you gotta there. get past me. Exactly that. If it's you up to you. <laughs> there you go. If not, you rear end it. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Right then, let's get on to the head-to-heads. This is obviously where we go through each of the teams and choose who is the best driver from each. So let's start, I think, at the very top of the table. Let's just go straight to Red Bull. I think for me, it's got to go to Verstappen. I think Sergio had some promise, but obviously just due to the retirement, we wasn't really able to show. But Hayden, yeah, who's your uh, driver today? Yeah, it's Verstappen. I mean, there's not a lot really to compare in the race and it all comes down to qualifying and, and Perez at the end of the day was the one who binned it, you know, so you can't you can't put Perez anywhere near Verstappen this weekend, unfortunately. I think he had a really good opening seven laps, in all fairness, in the race and things. Like I said, I think he could have had P3, but it's clear as day Verstappen was unreal this weekend. Yeah, this was actually a bit of a off weekend by Sergio in terms of pace-wise as well. I know they were talking in uh, Friday practice about oh, he was going, you know, with a different setup, you know, he's going to get it right by the end, by, you know, by qualifying. He never did. He never had the pace, especially in the wet. He made the mistake. And ultimately, obviously, yeah, he did get massively unlucky in the race with a reliability issue. But yeah, an off weekend for Sergio, especially in terms of pace. And uh, yeah, got to go with Max. I mean, it was basically flawless by Max. Yeah, exactly that. So straight on then onto, I think, Ferrari with this one. It's a bit more equal living playing field because, you know, you know, for me, like, I th I think I'm more leaning towards Leclerc, but at the same time, I've got to give credit where credit's due. Like, Carlos Sainz did do the job he's there to do, and he didn't bin it or anything, and he kept with Max to the very end of the race, keeping him under pressure. Because, I mean, if Max had made any mistakes, Sainz, easy win for him straight away. But I think for Charles, this was a good race for him to, like, because so far, you know, he's been winning whenever he's been in the top five, if not just second or, 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 or from pole. But I think this is the first time where we've seen his pedigree of like just going from the back of the grid upwards. I mean, we've seen these charges before, you know, from like Lewis Hamilton, but we haven't seen it before with uh, Charles. So I think for him to get up to P5, I think for me, it's got to be Leclerc. But Hayden, who, who are you going with? I agree for different reasons. Um, for me, I'm going back to qualifying again. I think science missed the trick here. This is a great opportunity for him to line up alongside Max Verstappen. Now, do I think he was quicker than Verstappen in qualifying? No. I feel like uh, we've seen, I don't know if you've seen the onboard, but the onboard, he kind of got too much on the power through the last corner and that's where he lost. It was very close between him and Alonso in qualifying. That's where he lost the time. Had he lined up alongside Max Verstappen, he wouldn't have had... Uh, been stuck behind Alonso for a couple of laps. So, you know, he could have been a little bit closer. He might not have had the graining so early and it could have been a different race. So that's where I think Science lost out and that's why I'm going with Leclerc. But as you said, very close between the two of them. Not much really to pick. So if you're a Science fan or you're a Leclerc fan, both drives, I think, had a really good day. Yeah, I I actually completely agree with Hayden in terms of like, I mean, was it a good race by science? Are we just, is, is that the science, you, you know, Matt said that he did the job that he's supposed to, but if he's a world championship caliber driver, a Ferrari championship caliber driver, then he didn't do the, the job that he's supposed to. He qualified third behind an Alpine and then in the race, he wasn't quite able to get it done. So he did a good job in terms of where color science is, you know, in terms of his form in 2022, but in terms of the overall picture, I think he did a good job, but nothing more. Two of his title rivals were out. Sergio Perez was out, Charles Leclerc was out, and he was still behind Max Verstappen. So I've got to go with Charles Leclerc getting back to getting all the way from 19th to 5th. I think that's a pretty good recovery. He did get caught in a DRS train, which is why it's tricky. But yeah, I'm not saying Carlos, you know, I'm not saying Carlos Sainz had a bad race, but I, I actually think to me it's it's quite an easy one because this was a big opportunity for Sainz and ultimately he just did a good job, nothing more. 
Yeah, and that's why I kind of rate him as the number two driver. Now, going on to, uh, I think, Mercedes. Um, and I think, actually, I'm going to go to Adas for this one. So um, I think this is, for me, I think I've got to give it to Hamilton. I mean, like, this is the first race. I think it's in seven races, I think it is, where Hamilton's actually out-qualified Russell and actually finished ahead of him as well in the race. Um, it seemed to me that, like, Russell, he never really got comfortable with the car. Like, although he sort of finished behind, um, behind Hamilton, he still was like quite, I think it was about like sort of six or seven seconds off him and he never really seemed fully comfortable with the car. I mean, obviously they're having to make so many changes, you know, with the whole porpoising issue. They're still encountering so many bouncing issues and stuff, but I think the issue is still there. But I think for me, I think I've got to go for Hamilton with this one. But um, Aldis, I'm going to throw it to you first. Who do you think is uh, your driver today? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely Lewis. I feel like Canada is definitely his track. It's kind of like one of his favorites up there with the likes of Hungary as well, and Silverstone, those are like his three, those are Hamilton tracks right there, and even when he's not fully comfortable with the car, in, you know, with this uh, W13, he's still able to produce uh, some, you know, uh, some magic, to be honest with you, so, yeah, a good weekend by Lewis, no doubt about it, back on the podium, first time since Bahrain, I think this is also, I saw somewhere, the first time he's beaten George since Bahrain as well, so, yeah, kind of yeah. good to get, kind of, you know, that run uh, over, over with, uh, in terms of George, yeah, definitely. They ran different setups as well. Lewis ran a bit of a lower uh, a lower downforce setup. George ran with a bit more. So, you know, kind of, they're still experimenting a little bit on that side. But yeah, George, I think, was just a tenth or two behind Lewis all the weekend. And ultimately, I feel like that's that's the difference it makes to really be able to, to really like a track, I think. And uh, I will say one thing, though. I do like that George went for the slicks because in qualifying on that final, <laughs> everyone was giving him, you know, everyone was flaming him saying how much of a bad choice it is. Giving but him loads of shit. Exactly. Yeah. But ultimately, what does he really have to fight for? If he was in a championship battle, that is just suicide. There was no way you should try that. But, you know, he qualified down in like sixth or seventh or something. I don't think he actually lost that much. The... He could have he could have won a lot more than he did actually lose, and if he just made it past turn one, I would have loved to see what he could have been able to do. But yeah, I don't mind that call at all. They don't have anything to lose. They're not fighting for the championship. They're clear of the teams behind him. So I was uh, I was glad to see that. But it was definitely Lewis Hamilton, and good to see him back on the podium as well. Yeah. The comments are going to be full hating you both. British buyers always going for Lewis Hamilton, <laughs> even though they're both British. Um, I'm actually going to go for George on this one because I, I did like as well that he went for the slicks. Um, and I feel like if he just tiptoed through turn one and two, the rest of it had a dry line. It was turn one and two, which was wet. And I think he just went a little bit too hot there on the first one. I think he had enough time to build up to it. He didn't have to attack it straight yeah. away. He could have gone for it on the next lap. Could have just got a feel for it through turn one and turn two, which was really unfortunate. Um, and I reckon it, I whether it would have been quick enough for pole, who knows? But we're, we're never going to know, unfortunately. But in terms of the race, you know, he started down at the back of Q3. He qualified in P8. So he had to make his way past Ocon, past Schumacher, past Magnussen. Um, and then and then I think it was a good race result for him. I think he had the gap, unfortunately, due to the, the having to work his way through the field. But I, I thought it was a very good race from both drivers. It's good to see that Lewis is back more comfortable with the car. I think they were actually running the same setup because Lewis tried something on the Friday, said the car was undrivable, so they gave him George's setup. They were running different the wings, though. That's they were running different uh, wings in the race. Okay. 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 Well, and that's clarified that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that told you. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I think, I think, I think George had a fan. I think they both had a fantastic race. It's very close between the two of them, but I want to give it to George just because of the, the good comeback drive there.
Yeah, absolutely. And also, yeah, I think yeah, in the opening stages of the of the race as well, we saw some pretty awesome moves, like you were mentioning mm. there before, of him, you know, just diving it down the inside, like nice clean overtakes. And I, I think it just goes to show, like, this is why we love Canada so much, because it is a track you have multiple places where you can overtake. It's not just like a simple yeah. old end of turn one, end of another you know, DRS straight. It's actually you've got some good good things there as well. Right then, let's move on to McLaren. Now, obviously, Lando had a load of issues. I think it's something to do with his engine, uh, which obviously compromised him for qualifying. So he started P14, and then Ricardo started P9. But then, obviously, the issue we had basically going into the pit stops, which mean they both were out of the points, uh, sort of regardless. I think for this one, obviously, you guys are going to say I'm biased with this. Now, hold on. <laughs> um, Bias. So I'm, I'm going to give it to Ricardo. I'm going to give it go. to Ricard oh, Ricardo. Oh, yeah, sure. Purely because on every other session, he was still quicker than Lando. Um, and I think literally not by much, but like he's he's getting, I feel like now he's back into the rhythm. He's got a bit of confidence now that he's starting to get to grips with the car. And I think hopefully come next race, when Lando's fixes his car, hopefully we can actually see them being more like, as you said, like sort of uh, like being closer together like we've seen with mercedes like we've seen with the alpines as well um but i think for this one yeah i think it's got to give it to ricardo however there's not too much we can go to base off because lando was like you know already had a hand uh taped to, to his back so uh, hayden who, who are you going for on this one i can't believe you're going ricardo again on this one it was clearly lando norris I, I i had to go through the data and have a look at the lap times and he was actually quicker in the lap times than across the whole race now i'm just shitting you uh it's clearly Ricardo. <laughs> i think he had a he had a much better he had a much better race weekend uh out qualified yes okay there was the issue for lando and i know lando fans are going to bring that up that's fair enough to to say that but i do think ricardo uh had the better just the edge i think it was very close between the two of them had they had both clean races i think it'd be very close they would have been you know one behind the other coming across the line once again but i do think ricardo had the edge this weekend daniel quicker than lando in free practice ricardo uh yeah it's gotta be daniel i'm joking uh to be fair yeah it's, he didn't have much of a barometer to be honest like lando he had a sensor issue in qualifying so he didn't couldn't even actually get you know get a lap time on the board and then they have to switch to a super old power unit around a power track so i think he was losing like three tenths or something so yeah lando and then the, and then the pit stop is just like yeah that as well uh, yeah, to be fair, Daniel, I definitely agree that, again, even if the result's not there, he's definitely a lot closer. He was in that midfield. He was always in the hunt for points. He's definitely having a much better, I think, yeah, especially after Monaco, that was not a great weekend. Yeah, there's definitely beginning you know, to be signs that he's a lot kind of closer to Lando. And I feel like Silverstone's going to be the big one, though, because, you know, Lando, mm. Silverstone, he's going to have the British crowd behind him. That's going to be a big test, in my opinion. Like, I'm not going to take too much away from this race, but yeah, I'm going to give it to Daniel. And it's good to see him kind of, again, be a little bit closer to Lando. And hopefully this continues going forward for the better of the team. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it'll be really interesting to see. Hopefully his uh, engine does get fixed. Obviously, he had to go back to an older power unit, which meant he was a bit slower, <laughs> by like a tenth or so sort of throughout the race. I mean, also to be fair to him, like he, I, I would love to have seen what would have happened like if he didn't have a slow pit stop and actually was able to push through um, for both of the drivers. But I think Silverson will be a really interesting one because I would say is a track that would suit Ricardo more. It's quite a, a traditional circuit, you know, like yeah. high speeds into slow speeds. And that's how from from what I've looked at, that sort of Daniel's driving sort of style, whereas, you know, Lando is really easy to adapt. But uh, moving on to then, I think let's go on to Alfa Romeo. Um, you know, Joe and Bottas sort of, they did really well. I think they started 10th and 11th and then finished um, 7th and 8th. Basically, they just swapped positions. But I think for the team, it's actually really good. Neither of them have reliability issues. So big win for the team during the race for that shocked. one. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know what? I think I've got to give this one to Joe. Just, I know obviously Bottas finished ahead of him, but like, I'm, 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 I'm happy to see now that Joe, like, I think he only finished like a couple seconds behind uh, Bottas, so he wasn't too far off the pace. And obviously, it can be a mixture of the strategies and whatnot, uh, which could have meant there could have been sort of each place but we didn't see any mistakes from it and we mentioned earlier about you know Mick Schumacher going off that's when Joe was sort of making the move on him and I think like I'm, I'm slowly getting a bit proud of him so I'm I'm happy that he's like founding his footing a bit more so I think for me it's got to go to Joe but uh, Hayden who's your pick? Joey boy smashed it I'm gonna have to get a Joe Funko Pop to replace the Valtteri Bottas one now aren't I? <laughs> um, he absolutely I love smashed that he the he had a great weekend, I think. Um, qualifying, out-qualified, got into Q3 for the first time. First points since yeah. Bahrain. And I think he's had multiple occasions where he could have scored points and the reliability of that car has let him down. Um, so I'm really proud of him. I think he did a fantastic job. And then gained, of course, from the Fernando Alonso penalty to give him P8. Uh, in terms of Bottas, he really only gained because of the safety car in, in, that, in that situation. That's how he got the jump on Joe. Joe had the better hand of him all weekend. Um, so yeah, he can be proud of himself and I think that's going to give him really good momentum going forward into hopefully some more tracks that he's going to be more familiar with like Silverstone, like Austria, like France. So, uh, hopefully things are going to be looking good for the Alfa Romeo team. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Joe as well because I feel like Bottas, not actually to be fair, that the good, the good thing is for Joe, they actually out-qualified him because that was a bit of a, the gap between them was actually the biggest mm. on the field. So really Joe needed to work in, uh, in quality and this is where it all came together uh, Valtteri did get very lucky actually because he went literally with the no-stop strategy. He basically did the Albon mm. in Australia, just hoping that in the kind of the last third or last half of the race there was going to be a there was going to be a VSC, and he only pitted when Sonoda actually crashed uh, under that safety car. So yeah, he got very lucky in terms of that. But of course, you have to you know that's that's the risk you take. So yeah, I'm still going to go with uh, with Joe. I feel like he did a really good job throughout the entire weekend and a lot closer to Valtteri. And again, I mean. When you have two drivers kind of really pushing each other, again, Joe is just a rookie, but it just raises the whole team. And there's been so many occasions this season where I think uh, Joe's finished in P11, maybe twice, which is just so frustrating. And then all of those reliability issues as well. So he's had that kind of mental pressure on him as well of just like trying to score points, but then things going wrong. So this was just a clean weekend. He did a great job. Also some pulled off some good moves as well. So yeah, I'm going to go uh, with Joe on this one. Really good weekend. Uh, his best one so far. And now we move on to one of the most talked about teams, Alpine, Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso. I feel like it's got to go to Alonso. I feel like it's it's just down to the, the strategy. I think it's kind of clear and cut that like that where, where it happened. I do got to say, though, weaving, not a fan of it. It's funny to watch, but I'm not a fan of it. Um, so I feel like the penalty was, was justified. A five-second one, he got slammed on. But he's still in the points, though, so it's fine. And I think, yeah, Ocon... Yeah, he, he would have been a bit further on. I, I can't, uh, where was uh, Alonso when he actually crossed the finishing line? Was he originally in sixth? Or was yeah, he... and he no, got demoted down to ninth. Yeah. Seventh, seventh, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, he was behind. So, um, but still, Ocon, yeah, like, he didn't qualify as well. Uh, I think he started P8, I think. So he only actually just moved up one position. Um, and I think just through to the strategy that really, like, like really, like, Bit of dampener onto Alonso. So, yeah, I'm still going to go for Alonso for my driver today. But Aldas, who are you going for? No, come back to me. I'm still deciding. Hayden, day. what are you saying? Driver <laughs> of the day for Fernando Alonso. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's, uh, why are you thinking? It's clearly, obviously, Fernando Alonso. Like, uh, it was much better in qualifying. He stuck on the, he stuck on the second, row, the front row of the grid. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, the penalty lets him down. It's, it's, it's a big shame, and it has let him down. But Ocon, <laughs> Ocon, this season, right? The, the points difference between those two, you'd think Ocon is having the season of his life, and Fernando should be out of F one next year. But in all honesty, yeah. it's the other way around. Ocon's been frauding his way to these positions <laughs> just by driving and not making any mistakes. Sure, dumb like, luck. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, you know, not not taking Ocon too much. He, he's doing a good job, but I can't. Like Fernando has had some insane performances. Whereas Ocon just has good results. That's the difference. But because Ocon hasn't had any reliability issues and kept it clean, he's got the better points. But yeah, it's it's Alonso, clear as day. I did see actually. I feel also feel quite bad for Alonso because I think the number one thing all the reporters kept mentioning be like, wow, this 40-year-old old man, this 40-year-old. <laughs> and it got to the point where Alonso is a bit like, yes, I get it. I'm older than everyone else. Can you just move on from the questions? So I do feel bad in that. But um, Aldas, have you made a decision yet? Yeah, I was joking. I was, I was just building the suspense, guys. <laughs> I was just building, of course, it's going to be Fernando. But I did see actually a tweet about Esteban Ocon that his playbook on every single weekend is just to like be the most mid driver and then somehow end up in P6 every single <laughs> race. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. to be fair. I mean, it's not as if Esteban did anything wrong. Like he had a bad quality, but then the strategy did come, you know, obviously the, the strategy really kind of came to him. There's no doubt about it. And he was able to, he was able to take advantage of the VSCs where Fernando... I don't know what they did, to be honest. I, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to question Otmar Zafner what he did with Fernando and how he bottled that one as well. But yeah, it's still going to be Fernando. Great qualifying, exceptional qualifying. The weaving does take away from it. And he just has these bozo moments. And it's just like, if you lose one position, you know, of course it's bad. If you lose, you know, if, if Valtteri overtakes you on the final lap, you know, you're still P8 or something. But yeah, he just has these moments, yeah. unfortunately. But the engine, again, if if he, if he doesn't have the engine clipping, if he doesn't even have the engine issue, we're, we're not even talking about this. So yeah, I am going to go with Fernando. But I mean, classic 2022. He has the weekend of his life and there's more reliability issues and Ocon still finishes ahead of him. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> right then, let's move on to Alpha Tari. Um, a bit of a hard one because like, Gasly, I feel really bad for Gasly because it was in qualifying. I think at one point in uh, he was, he was uh, I think it was in Q two. He was um, or Q one even. At one point he was basically at P two, and then within like like four seconds he then dropped down to P fifteen. So I was like, oh, he's actually he's showing some form again. And like, nope, it's just a drying track. It's it was really painful. And then obviously yeah, Yuki sort of uh, re retiring out. I, hmm, I'm I'm conflicted with this one. Um, I think I've got to give it. To Gasly, just this is really because... that difficult. <laughs> oh, One yeah, driver binder it coming yeah. out of the pits. Like, I mean, I, yeah. I, love, I love Yuki, but like, this was not a good look. This was not a good look. Yeah, but then also for Gasly, he only made like one spot, and we had two other people retire. And it's like, oh, okay, so natural in in terms of if they hadn't, he's actually lost a spot. Uh, so we would have been P sixteen, which is actually even worse. So like, yeah, obviously we've got to give it to Gasly. He he didn't bin it but that's pretty much it pretty, pretty pretty poor one and it's we're starting to see this pattern now with Gasly like it's this has been the season for you and it's not been for Gasly and this was literally the roles reversed last season for the guys and I don't know Hayden what do you think because I think yeah Gasly's is, is starting to struggle now I don't want to give it to Gasly but I have to, no, I I'm, I'm pretty sure there was reports of Gasly having issues with his car I don't know the exact issue but I'm pretty sure there was reports in both qualifying and in the race definitely the race I heard it okay um so that's why he just kind of had a bit of a nothing race 
this is a like you say it's easy like yeah okay yuki did put it in the wall but he was actually having a really good drive up until that point really good race, so it's yeah. kind of like it's it's more like neither of them gets it you know because gazi just had a yeah, nothing race isn't it and then i get yuki it. <laughs> had such a good race but then binned it so like he takes it away and it's just like do you know what both of you should have even yeah. been there <laughs> no yeah it's it's yeah as you said you don't really want to give it to either of them like it's it's, yeah, it's a hard one. I'll Alice, give it to Gasly. Right, Alice, with this clarity, who I'll you got? I'll give yeah. it to Pierre Gasly. Uh, as much as I'd love to give it to Yuki, he had the pace, you know, he binned it, and it was his fault. And as much as, you know, one driver, even off the back of not, you know, causing damage in a cost-cap era, that is now my differentiator. Like, you know, even if you're even if you're quicker, binning it out of the pits, that isn't a good look. But again, we move on. You know, Yuki's going to beat Gasly, no doubt about it. I've got, I've got him all the way. Uh, but yeah, this was not a, that. That was not a good look, and I feel like Pierre. He definitely had some kind of issues. I definitely heard that as well. I'm gonna have to like read in terms of what they were, but yeah, it's a bit of a nothing weekend. But I am gonna give it to Pierre Gasly. Also, apparently confirmed for 2023 by Franz Tost. So yeah, but he was wearing a Ferrari hat. That was oh, that was hilarious. Like, like oh, mm, yeah. tasty. I I, I don't want to be the, <laughs> and the we're, we're, and we're here, just eating it all up. Oh, I love, I love it. It's so, so good. Someone from Red Bull is going to uh, come to him, by the way, about that. Like, I would not want to be in that conversation. Oh, man, just turn around and go, yeah. fuck you. Although Leclerc was the snake because he put it on his IG story. I mean, what a, when your friend does that, what a snake. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I don't think either of them care. They've got enough money that they're, they're, they're happy for the rest of their life. They're absolutely good. So, right, let's move on to, let's go on to Haas uh, before we go on to Aston. Let's go on to Haas. Um... I think I'm going to give this one to Mick, uh, purely because I think he qualified really well. Obviously, he didn't out-qualify his teammates. However, it wasn't his fault of the race of his engine sort of just going tits up. Um, and Mick, he, as you as I mentioned in the, the sort of beginning, he didn't need to go for that overtake and do uh, cause the damage, which basically then ended his race. This could be the turning point for Mick. Maybe he's seen enough of our videos to be like, all right, now's the time I need to start performing really, you really well. Um, from the last uh, podcast. He's a regular yeah, yeah. Mick, yeah. thank you so much for joining us, Mick. Great to have you on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think I've got to give this one to Mick. He's, he showed good, good, he's just a good driver driving standard. He needed to do. It's a shame that the engine just sort of uh, went away from me. It would have been interesting to see where both the Hasses would have gone if they didn't have the engine reliability issue and the damage uh, front wing. Because um, I reckon they would have been able to have a good top 10, maybe even top eight, to be fair. Um, but Hayden, what do you think? Don't back down from your pedestal last week when you were giving it all this. Oh, right? no. And then, oh, oh, no, and no. Then a little no, bit no. of comments and you're like, oh, no, yeah, he's actually done a really good job. I, no, no, no. Th through, was... through and through, I still don't think Mick Schumacher should be in, a, in F1 next season. I, I'm I'm not going back on that. I think he should be out completely. But I think in this race, oh, driver of the day. <laughs> driver of the day? No, fuck that. Oh, Jesus did Christ, it. mate. You really have changed, oh, haven't you? I've done it again. Driver of the day. Driver of the day between them nah, two. It's, it's, it's Magnussen, clear as day. Magnussen out-qualified him by about three temps. I'm looking at it right now. Four, three, four temps. Out-qualified him by three, four temps in qualifying. And then also had a damaged front wing and was not losing positions. Mick Schumacher was dropping through the field before he had his incident. Mm. I don't think he still would have scored points. I still think had the race continued and had he not had that engine failure, he wouldn't have scored points or he would have just finished in P10. Which when your teammate was, you know, Magnussen was quite comfortable before he got that black and orange flag. In all fairness, I thought it was harsh on him because it didn't look like he was suffering and holding people up and it was dangerous in that scenario. I thought he was still holding his own. 
And that's the difference. That's what we talk about, the difference between the two drivers. It's not a case of, of Mick doing a bad job necessarily, but it's the difference between the two teammates that is showing you that you are on the fraud watch at the moment. Mm. Like, just because he's had one good qualifying, fair enough, he had a really good qualifying, but you've got to back it up in the race. Yeah. And he was losing positions. So for me, it's still got to be Magnussen. Very true, very true. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I do Yeah, I do want to make it very clear, I don't think he should be in the sport anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you read a few comments, you're like, yeah, Mick's really great, love Mick. No, 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 no. I'm just like, I, I don't want to be harsh to him every single week just because I, I don't think he should be in the sport. Not I'm, I'm, That just biases all of everything I say. But no, what you mentioned, I absolutely completely agree. And Aldous, yeah, who are you going for? driver of the day with this team <laughs> can we can we just come back to matt calling mick like driver of the day full stop i think like that should yeah that's part of this podcast i misspoke i misspoke yeah, of course. <laughs> going back to the red bull days where um max verstappen would get driver of the day even though he dnf'd on lap yeah two. exactly <laughs> that exactly that um it's a tricky one actually because again like mick did he did fall back but i mean to be fair i think he only fell back behind like I think it was him and Joe actually uh, battling. So he was still in that kind of Alfa Romeo territory. And if you kind of extrapolate that to the end of the race, maybe a P8, maybe a P9, if Fernando still kind of gets that penalty, it's a weird one. Obviously, you can't really, you know, guess where he's going to be. But, you know, he was still around there. Um, it's a weird, but also with K-Mag, he did make the mistake again. And I, I put that on him. So, yeah, again, K-Mag had the pace all weekend. And you're right, his pace was very good, even with the compromise from wing. I might just still give it to K-Mag, although I'm not kind of buzzing to give it to him because, you know, Mick didn't make a mistake. He's kind of building again. I said after Monaco that he just needed, number one, just a quiet weekend. And again, yes, he was slow in Baku, but at least, you know, there wasn't any crashes. And now just start building his confidence. And I feel like he is now starting to do that. Uh, again, I am still going to give it to K-Mag, but I feel like Mick had a really, really good weekend in terms of what he needed. So, yeah, K-Mag by a smidge. Not even that. I want to make one point. Um... Haas, same as Aston Martin, very stupid under safety car, decided not to pit their drivers. Yep. And Magnussen was actually ahead of Stroll in that safety car period. So had they pitted him, I don't know if maybe he pitted, he would have come out behind Stroll. But had they pitted him, he could have been around that P10 area and still got a point. So Haas really let him down as well. So I think he could have still been in there. Mm. I mean, that, that, is and that Hayden like them, trashing his own driver just for the just to keep the K-Mag agenda? Love it. <laughs> What do you mean? Stroll, Stroll, Stroll did a we'll great job, him. but we'll get to you him. know, Vettel and and Vettel and, and Magnussen, why they weren't pitted, I'm not too sure. I don't know whether it was team or whether it was driver. Yeah. It was a very weird scenario, and they just dropped, both dropped through the field because of it. And let's literally let's go straight on to Aston Martin then. Um, like normal, Stroll has a poor qualifying, but he came back in the race as we are to expect. Typical Stroll, and like he Stroll. he was holding, he was a he was the lead in that DRS train. He was holding everyone back, and like he to be fair, like he was doing all right. And then um, don't know what was going on with Vettel. Like after six laps, or no, even lap five that we saw earlier, that like um, yeah, he had to pit really early because he just couldn't work the mediums. He must have locked up or. Something wasn't mm. right with those tires, but um, yeah, my, my driver's got to be got to be strong on this one. It's um, I think he finished uh, P10, didn't he? Yeah, uh, which is really he good did. For him, which is he uh, took it away from Mr. Daniel Ricciardo at the <laughs> end, and I was absolutely buzzing because I knew I'd be jumping on this today with you. Yeah, and yeah, fair enough. <laughs> if McLaren hadn't <laughs> fucked up his pit stop, then he wouldn't have that. <laughs> no, but in all fairness, though, yeah, fair play. <laughs> 
No, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll limit the audio. It's fine. Um, yeah, no, it's, um, yeah. To be fair, yeah, Stroll really good pace for him during the race. Still needs to work on qualifying, but that's nothing new. But yeah, Hayden straight. He'll be to working you. on that for the rest of his career, yeah. qualifying, <laughs> and he still won't get there. He is literally Stroll by name, Stroll by nature in qualifying. Um, so we don't have that. That's the worst time to take a drink. Um, yeah, that nah, qualifying obviously is is always poor. If we look at the gap quickly between the two of them, it was only really uh, two hundredths of a second actually off of. Oh no, wait, that's uh, I looked at the wrong. He was over a second actually off of it. Oh my so, yeah, no, god, he's terrible in qualifying. Oh my god, absolutely awful in qualifying. <laughs> I, I saw the one. I saw the. One, I was looking at the last three numbers and it was like literally two hundredths. And then I look at the next one and go, oh, that's a thirty-four. Oh, that's a thirty-five. Yeah, he really is strolling in qualifying. Um, <laughs> what, what results were you looking at before? I was just looking at you know, I was looking at quality, and I just had a little look down. I forgot to look at the uh, the the second. I looked at I went, I, you know, I expected it to be close. Fair. It was not. Uh, I should not assume. Um, in the race, I think they both did the same strategy, but like the opposite. Stroll did the you know fifty laps, then twenty laps, and then Vettel did the. 20 laps and 50 laps. It was very weird. I agree with you as well. Very weird. They pitted him so early. I'm not too sure why that was as well. Because yeah. they pitted him in the first virtual safety car. And then maybe because he was still like near the backish, they were like, oh, well, let's just pit him again. Get on another fresh set of tyres and then try and take... We, we know we can take this one to the end. I do yeah. think they should have still pitted because he was at the back of the... Because Stroll made that train. And then he pitted just at the same time as Yuki. Yuki brought out the safety car. Vettel was at the back of that train, which means, you know, you'd think that he was the one to have the free pit stop. He could have just gone, yeah, okay, sorted, come into the pits. Um, I'll be ahead of, you know, if everyone else pits, I'm still behind them. If they don't, I'm still in the same slot and I've got better tyres than those guys. So it was a bit weird. Maybe they didn't have a fresh set of medium tyres. I don't know. But it was just a strange scenario why they didn't do that. Um... And it did compromise him because Stroll was actually behind him, overtook him in that end set situation. So whether he did pit, I think he could have had that P10. Um, I'm going to go with Stroll because he's my boy. I'm going to back him. But it could have gone either way, in mm. all honesty. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go with uh, Stroll on this one. And I've I've clocked it now. Aston Martin are doing these like nuts strategies every single race. Like They're running long every single race. Always like, have. Uh, Lance Stroll actually went all the way. I've got the Pirelli information like in front of me. Lance Stroll on a set of me uh, on a set of hard tires went all the way to lap. I think it's yeah forty seven, which I think is just behind, just just wow. before uh, the uh, the virtual the last uh, safety car for Yuki Tsunoda. So I think he might actually got have got might have caught been caught a little bit out uh, compared to everyone else. And also Seb, uh, he pitted on lap five to get the mediums off, and then pitted on lap nineteen, and then went all the way to the end as well. So. Yeah, they're kind of trying these crazy strategies. They're not scared of doing that, Aston Martin. But ultimately, Lance made it work. He kind of, you know, he really did have the pace to hold everyone up, to hold everyone up, and also kind of have the intelligence to kind of know when to deploy his electrical power, when to defend. So, yeah, a really good, a really good race by Lance Stroll. I mean, only I can't believe it. just just the second to go from like two hundred to a second behind his teammate. That's uh, yeah, that's the new <laughs> stuff that Lance Stroll can do. But yeah, again, he did the bits in the race. He did it in front of his home crowd and uh, good to get some momentum because I've been very critical of uh, of Lance in the past few uh, podcasts. But again, he did the business in front of the uh, home crowd.
Yeah, speaking of the home crowd, let's move on to the last team and <laughs> someone I think who the, the the I think the internet wanted Latifi to be driver of the day and we're Did really they? angry when Charles Leclerc got. Yeah, for some yeah, reason yeah, they yeah, wanted yeah, to be yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's it's gonna be his last F1 race in Canada. What about like... bro? It's his home race too. <laughs> <laughs> next yeah, year everyone staying in, everyone watching next yeah. year vote Lance Stroll for Canadian driver of the day. Remember it, remember it, okay? <laughs> well, I think the, the difference there, though, is that your driver is definitely going to be racing in uh, in Canada next year, whereas Latifi Every definitely year. won't be. <laughs> um, yeah, let's quickly, just uh, before we wrap things up, let's quickly talk about Williams. Latifi, yeah, again, proving why he shouldn't be in the sport. Um, he wasn't last, though. He wasn't last. Yeah, because the other Didn't two... last? Yeah, well... Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's because, yeah, two people have retired and someone had a broken front wing. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yeah, um, really good for Albon. I know he he, he just missed out. Um, he I think he was in P12, he qualified, and I think finished 13th. Um, so, like, he's, he's, he's doing, Albon is, like, doing such a great job this season. I'm so happy, like, he's come back in and be able to show proper pace. Um, and, yeah, as we mentioned before, you know, driver rumours of, of, of who's going to be swapping out for Latifi. I think everyone knows it's, Latifi's going to be sort of going out. Um but yeah, Hayden, what do you think? Yeah, uh, it's, it's Albon. He was actually getting really racy um, in that midfield pack. Yeah. I remember he was having a battle with Bottas and then got overtaken by Leclerc once Bottas sort of compromised him on his exit through the chicane. So he was having a good race. And he was he was getting in the mix, which I don't think Nicholas Latifi can ever say that he's done uh, in his career at F1 is getting in the mix with other drivers. So uh, yeah, he, he's done a fantastic job. And yeah, I think we all agree that it's, it's, it's a Renault versus Mercedes shootout for who gets that other uh, Williams seat next season, which is obviously sad for Nicholas Satifi because he's a great guy. He's a really, you know, fun person to have in the, in the paddock. But, you know, you need that skill to back it up, unfortunately. And he could be a great sports car driver. He could be great in Formula E. But in Formula 1, he's just not cut it. Oh, mate. Don't, no, he's definitely not going to Formula yeah, E. Don't, 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 don't ruin do, the sport like that. Yeah, yeah, don't do Formula E like Formula that. Formula E's already ruined, mate. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, we, it's because we've, we've got Giovinazzi now. It's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I will also say uh, Latifi does also get points doctored off because he did run over one of those groundhogs as well. And that's that's not cool, bro. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. that's, it, that, that broke my heart. That really broke my heart. Because he sounded imagine, so upset on the radio after. <laughs> imagine being murdered by the slowest guy on the grid as well. Like I'm, I'm surprised he even picked up the pace to run it down. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad day. Oh, death. God, there's he... There's even there's even a photo of a photographer of it just before it happens and you see yeah, it running. Oh, I feel so bad for it. And like, cause like I know uh, I think it was Grosjean who had the same sort of thing a couple of years back as well, back in uh, 2019, I think it was. And it's it's always so sad to see. And like, surely it's been enough of an issue now that they can just put like grates or something over basically because they're, they're climbing through the holes um in the concrete barriers where they the put the forklift uh sort of forklift forks into. Surely it's enough of an issue now. They can, they need to put like, like some metal, uh, like quick metal across it, so they're not getting through. Because surely it's, it's, it sounds such a ridiculous thing, but it's happened so much now. And like even during, I think it's qualifying, wasn't it, where we saw one uh, go between uh, uh, one of the Ferraris and the Alpines, and luckily got got through. But it needs to stop. <laughs> we need to save. This Maybe they're trying lives. to take Nicholas Latifi's seat for next season. Maybe that's what. I it also is. love the way now Groundhog it's like it's just like an open in. paddock. It's like an open paddock secret that he's losing his seat to out to like Piastri. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. well, I hope you enjoyed that Canadian Grand, Grand, Grand Prix because you're never coming back again. Uh, I'll, by the yeah, way, I'll also go with Albon in case you want to know. 
Yeah, <laughs> um, I think yeah, I, I think it's pretty pretty clear. And um, obviously, the team aren't going to announce it at his home race. That would be that would be jokes. That'd be such wow. Like it's such the most like like kick kicking the shins type of thing. But um, it, it won't be announced till like yeah. the end of the end of the season. I don't think. God, I, I think I, it'll I, be I like one of those things. That'd be amazing. Oh, it would be. Yeah, I really it, hope it's it literally. Was. It's just going to be contract negotiations, really, between Renault and. And, and Williams, but I'm sure we'll talk about that in a future podcast. Absolutely. But there we go. That's the end of the podcast of the Canadian Grand Prix roundup. Please let us know in the in the comments below where do you rate the drivers in your own head-to-heads. And two quick things as well, just as a reminder, we are on a brand new Spotify slash Apple podcast sort of platform. So make sure to click the links in the description. Make sure you're following it and rate us five stars. And other announcements. Us three, we're going to be at Goodwood, Festival of Speed. We're going to be there on Sunday. We are going to be recording our podcast there live. We're not too sure where we're going to go yet because we heard apparently it's going to be really raining. Um, But we're also going to have our friend Dirk Chocolate on as a guest as well. So if you come see us, we're going to be there on Sunday. Might be there on Friday and Saturday. But if you want to come see all of us together, we will be there. We'll let you know on our social medias and everything. But uh, that's it for now. Thanks very much for watching and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye -bye. Goodbye, everybody.